Psalm chapter 1. And this morning, we're going to continue to look into the life of David. And this morning, we're going to discover something so powerful that we need to apply in our life. Now, we're looking at the life of David, and as we look at the life of David, we discover that David's not perfect. That David's far from perfect, but even though David sinned and even though that David faced difficulty in his life, David is called a man after God's own heart. And all through David's life, David, he writes about 73 of the Psalms. There's 150 of them, but he writes 73 of them, and, and all through his life, David writes about how to respond in adversity, how to respond to God. The things that we love about the Psalms as we look into the Psalms is the Psalms give us wisdom. The Psalms help us to learn how to face adversity. They help us to work through pain and suffering in our life and sorrow and grief. The Psalms help us to work through human emotions in our life. The Psalms help us to see how majestic and mighty God is. The Psalms help us to see the very nature and character of God. They help us to know, actually, how to respond to who God is and what God has done in our life. The Psalms help us to feel the heartbeat of David. They, it, it helps us to travel through the life of David and, and, and see how David reacts to every circumstance in his life. We see the worst of David and we see the best of David. We see when David is down and we see when David is up. But in Psalms 1, we find that David says something very powerful. And so I want you to look at Psalm 1 with me and I, I want you to read along with me. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Everybody say day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Everybody say, whatever he does will prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like chaff, which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the time of judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If there's one thing that we can see in the life of David is that David is a blessed man. In fact, David goes from being a sheep herder to being a king. David goes from hanging out in the fields to living in a palace. David goes from killing a lion and a bear to killing a giant because David is blessed of God. The, David, the Bible tells us that that whatever David did, he was successful because God was with him. David defeated his enemies because God was with him. Every time David faced adversity in his life, God was right there to deliver him. Even when David sinned and disobeyed the Lord, God restored David because David was a blessed man. And why was David a blessed man? 
Because David enjoyed the favor of God on his life. The Bible tells us that David himself declared that God crowns him with good things. David was always in the presence of God. David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of Almighty God. David was in the presence of God, and he dwelt with God. David experienced the grace of God in his life like no other person that we know in the Old Testament. Why? Because David experienced the grace of God on every area of his life. Even when he failed God, there was grace for David. David was blessed. He was blessed by God beyond measure. David was blessed all the days of his life. And when David died, David left a legacy of blessing that extended to the Messiah Jesus. In fact, that's why they say that Jesus is the son of David. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that David was so blessed that, that God said to David that there would be a man that would sit on the, tr- the throne of David for the, forever and ever, and he was actually referring to the Messiah, Jesus. And so Jesus is referred to as the son of David. So David is writing out of his experience. And David declares to you and I, blessed is the man. In other words, if you really want to be blessed, if you really want to have the favor of God on your life, if you really want to be successful, if you want to uh, overcome adversity in your life, every situation that stands against you, if you really want to be happy and experience contentment and inner joy and inner peace and satisfaction in your life, if you really want to be blessed, do these things. And so in Psalms chapter 1, David tells us, here's the three things that you should not do, and here's the one thing that you need to do to be blessed. How many of you want to be blessed today? Come on. How many of you want to be blessed by God? Let me see your hands. Well, David gives us the pathway to blessing in our life. He says that we can be blessed if we do these things. Now, I know that we've come to the end of one year, and now we're moving into the next year. And if I would ask people, what is it that you would really want to experience in 2019, most people would say, I, I want to be out of debt. I want to be wealthier. I want to be healthier. I want my marriage to be a better marriage. I want my children to be a better children. Whatever, whatever it may be in your life. I think a lot of people would say, I want to be healthier. I want to be stronger. I want to, I, I want to be wealthier in my life. And, but to the person who really understands God, to the person who understands the way that God operates, to the person that comprehends the heartbeat of God, the only thing that matters to that person is to be blessed by God. The only thing that really matters to that person, there's one thing that really is important to that person, and that is that they would be positioned under the window of God's blessing in their life. Why? Because when you're blessed by God, when you experience the favor of God, when the grace of God is on your life, when you are being blessed by God, you lack nothing in your life. Come on, somebody say amen. As David said, the Lord is my shepherd, and 
I shall not want. As long as God is your shepherd, as long as you're being blessed by God, you'll lack nothing in your life. And so it's actually the blessing of God that we want in our life. You see, the truth is the real secret to success in our life, the secret to happiness in our life, the secret to joy in our life, the secret to be satisfied in our life doesn't come with just things in our life, but it's actually being blessed by God. It means that we're under the favor of God. That's what being blessed means. Now, now I know that when you look in Scripture, in fact, if you look in, in Deuteronomy chapter 28, God says, if you have my favor on your life, then you'll be blessed in the city and you'll be blessed in the country. You'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be blessed over your enemies. He said, I'll, I'll bless your womb. He said, I'll bless your crops. I'll bless all these things. And so when we think about blessing, the first thing we think about is things. We think about being wealthy. We think about material things. But that's not what it means to be blessed by God. There's a lot of people that have a lot of things. They're not blessed by God. They're cursed. So really, Psalm 1 actually speaks to the end of things. It speaks to what happens to a person. You see, when you're blessed by God, no matter what happens in your life, even when you face adversity in your life, you're going to still be standing. Come on, somebody say amen. See, see, God never promised us that we'd never have adversity in our life. He never promised us that we wouldn't go through difficult times in our life. But the man or woman who's blessed by God has the favor of God on their life. The man who is blessed by God, the woman who's blessed by God, has the grace of God in their life so that when the winds begin to beat against their house, when the storms become against their home, whatever it may be, they will be the ones that are left standing. So being blessed by God means that you're able to overcome adversity in your life. Being blessed by God means that you have the favor of God on your life. God is with you. He walks with you no matter what goes on in your life. If, if you notice in the Scripture, there's two kinds of people in the Scripture. Only two kinds of people. Blessed people and cursed people. Blessed people and cursed people. Abel was blessed and God was with him. Cain was not. Joseph was blessed. His brothers were not. Moses was blessed. Pharaoh was not. And everywhere in Scripture we notice that God says to all of us, and everywhere in Scripture he says to the, spe the people of Scripture that you can either be blessed or you can be cursed. How many of you want to be blessed today by God? How many of you want to receive blessings from God? And so as we look into the scriptures, we find that Psalms chapter 1 gives us the pathway to be blessed in our life. Now, now we talked about it last week, but Jabez prays this prayer. Notice what Jabez says. He says, and Jabez called out to God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That's, that's what I want. That's what I want for my kids. I want my territory to be enlarged. And so what is the blessing of God? First of all, it's the favor of God that's translated into the grace of God so that he can help us to overcome all kinds of situations in our life so that we can be successful in life, fruitful in life, so that God gets all the glory. Come on, somebody say amen. And so how do we get blessed? How, how do we walk in the blessings of God in our life? 
People that are blessed are still standing. People that are blessed are ultimately deeply satisfied in their soul because they followed a good solid path in their life and now they're greatly rewarded by God. But the wicked eventually will come to ruin. That's what the scriptures say. That's why Jesus gives us a parable in the scriptures in Matthew chapter 7 about the person who builds their house on the solid rock. He says that all of us will go through adversity in our life, but the man who builds his house on the solid rock will still be standing. How many of you want to still be standing when you go through adversity in your life? Come on, let me see your hands. How many of you want to be strong enough that no matter what you go through in your life, you're going to know the blessing of God is on your life and that what the enemy means for your good, God is going to use for your benefit. Come on, somebody say amen. That you can know, as the Bible says in Romans chapter 8, that all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? I mean, Romans chapter Chapter 8 is a picture of a blessed life. Look with me, if you would, at Romans chapter 8. I want to show you something powerful in Romans chapter 8. This is the definition of a blessed life. It doesn't say that you're never going to go through trials in your life. It doesn't say that you're not going to face adversity. It doesn't say that people are not going to try to do you harm. But notice what it says in Romans chapter 8. This is a picture of the blessed life. And by the way, we can only be blessed when we know Jesus. Jesus is the conduit of blessing. Jesus is the one who brings blessing in our life. It's being in Christ that we find the blessings of God. But I want you to notice Romans chapter 8. And we know that in all things, God works for the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn amongst the brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's blessed. If God is for you, then nothing in your life can come against you that it will not it, that will prosper. Why? Because God is for us. Who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all? How will he not also, along with this graciously or generously, give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one he condemns? No one. That's blessed. God called you. He sanctified you. He justified you. And if God is for you, who can stand against you? You're blessed. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, who is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus? That's being blessed. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we face death all the day long. We are considered like sheep to the slaughter. No, in all these things... We are more than conquerors. Come on, somebody. The blessed person is more than a conqueror. Come on, say, the blessed person is more than a conqueror. Through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any other powers, neither height or depth, 
nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. That, my friend, is being blessed. But the Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 1 that there's actually a pathway to being blessed. Now, the word in Hebrew for blessed actually means to be happy. It means to be satisfied. It means to have deep inner peace or joy. It means at the end, not only will you be standing, but that you will look back at your life and say, I've been blessed. I am content in seeing the hand of the Lord in my life that the hand of the Lord has been good in my life, even though my life has not always been good, even though sometimes I have failed God, even if I'm suffering the consequences of my own failure. And by the way, next week I'm going to talk about dealing with failure in your life. How do you overcome failure in your life? But as we look at the end of our life, we can say, I've been blessed, and I'm leaving a legacy to my children, to those that I love. But David says, number one, blessed is the person, listen to what he says, blessed is the person who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Today I'm going to give you three things you should not do and one thing that you should do. Three don'ts and one do. The first thing that David says, blessed, happy, content, fulfilled, the man who's going to be standing at the end, the man who's going to be blessed by God at the end is the man, listen to me, who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. He said, if you want to be blessed by God, the person that is blessed by God, the person who's got a victorious life, the person who will ultimately find happiness and contentment in his life, the person who will experience joy and peace in their life and find that they're prosperous in the things that they do, they're successful and fruitful in their life, that person is the person who does not walk. And the word in Hebrew for walk metaphorically actually means to go along with to follow the course of action or to live with or follow a way of life. It has the idea of going along with, following. It's a, the tense is a decisive tense. In other words, it means this. It means the person who's going to be blessed by God has decided who they will receive counsel from. The person who's going to be blessed has decided, I'm not going to go this way with this group of people, but I'm going to go this way, and I'm going to receive my counsel from something that is good, and I've decided I'm not going to listen to the counsel of the ungodly. The person God blesses is the person who's made up their mind not to walk or go along with or follow the advice of those who are foolish. The blessed person has decided that she or he gets their counsel from God's word, from God's people, and from the Holy Spirit. They don't get their counsel from CNN. They don't get their counsel from Fox News. They don't get their counsel from Dr. Phil or Oprah Winfrey. Now, I want you to know that, uh, that, that sometimes there are Christians that they, they watch TV and they watch CNN and they watch Fox and they watch Oprah Winfrey and, and Dr. Phil and they watch all of that more than they read the Bible and they wonder why they're so confused. Because let me tell you, Oprah Winfrey is confused. 
Now, I know I'm going to step on some toes today. I know I'm going to offend some Christian women because some Christian women love Oprah Winfrey. Listen, she doesn't know if she believes in God. She doesn't know if she believes in Jesus or she believes in all these other things. And when she gets down and, you know, when she begins to talk about God, she talks about God to make you happy because you're a Christian woman and she wants to make you happy and she wants to make you watch her show. But listen, she doesn't believe that God, Jesus, is the only way. But that, my Bible Bible tells me that he's the only way, he's the only truth, and he's the only life. And so some of you, you're listening to the counsel of somebody who's double-minded, and a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. And some of you are watching Fox News, and boy, I'll tell you what, I, I want to be honest with you, I think it's pretty comical. I grow so weary. I turn on the TV and I watch Fox News, and they're way to the right, and everything they have to say is way to the right. And then I watch uh, CNN, and they're way to the left. And man, I'll tell you what, some of you Christians, you watch Fox and you watch CNN and you're double-minded. You don't know if you're left or you're right. And you watch all this stuff and you watch all this stuff more than you read the Word of God. No wonder you're filled with fear. No wonder you're confused about what's right or wrong. Listen to me. If you get into the Word, if you meditate on the Word, if you knew the Word of God, you wouldn't be confused. You'd know that God has a plan, and He's working all these things out for His glory and His honor. Listen, I read the back of the book, and CNN doesn't know what it says, and Fox doesn't know what it says. The Bible says, in the end, we win. Come on somebody glory to God you've got to decide who you're going to get your counsel from and the Bible says the man or woman who is blessed he meditates she meditates on the Word of God day and night so your source of wisdom comes from the Word of God and when somebody stands up, I don't care if they're a preacher at a church, and they're not preaching the whole counsel of God's word, then you reject it because it's not the whole counsel of God's word. I know some preachers that they, they want to always give you sugar, always give you sugar, make you feel happy, make you feel content, make you feel good. Listen, sometimes the preacher has to make you feel bad before you can feel good. Sometimes the preacher's got to give you some, some bitter herbs before he can give you sugar. But there's some preachers that just always want to make you feel good. But you see, we need to listen to the full counsel of God's Word. We need to know how to rightly divide the Word of truth. And we've got to have a hunger and a passion and a desire to know only God's truth. And so the blessed man, number one, does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly or the sinner, the wicked. See, the Bible tells us that we're not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we're to be transformed by, listen to me, the renewing of our mind. How many of you want to be blessed by God today? Let me see your hands. Then you need to make sure that you're renewing your mind. The Bible says we're to be transformed that word transformed is metamorphosis or metamorpho, which we get that word metamorphosis from. That if you want, you want to be transformed from a loser to a winner. As a man thinketh, so he is. And so, so many of us have strongholds in our mind. As we think, we begin to behave. 
And if you want to be, you want to be transformed from a loser to a winner, you want to be transformed from somebody who's negative to somebody who's positive, then you have to renew your mind. And how do you renew your mind? You have a love. You have a, a deep love for the law of God. You have a deep love, a deep passion for the word of God. David said the person who meditates on God's word, the person who makes God's word a priority in your life is the person that begins to renew the way they think. And when you begin to renew the way that you think, you renew the way that you live. Come on, somebody. Say amen. And you start to see the blessing of God in your life. He said, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So let me ask you a question. Who are you listening to? The blessed man or woman doesn't listen to the advice of those who do not fear God. The word ungodly or wicked in the Hebrew actually means it's rooted in this understanding to be loose, unstable. The word actually carries two ideas. First, it means not only to be loose in its morals, but also its unrestraint in its behavior. It also means the ungodly person, the godless person, is negative towards the standards and convictions of God. And it's only controlled and guided by its own desires. So the blessed man or woman trusts in the Lord with all their heart, and they don't lean on their own understanding. But it means that we, we understand that God's word, even though sometimes it, it, it causes us some pain in our life, we ingest all of God's word because we know that God's word is good for us. You see, it means that you make God's word the standard by which every decision that you make in your life is filtered through his word. You hide, as, as David said, I hide your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. I love what it says in Psalms 119, blessed, happy, satisfied, content. In the end, they will stand against every adversity in their life. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep God's word and seek him with all their heart. They don't do wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts in your word to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your word, O oh God. Then I would not be put to shame. But I, when I consider all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity by living according to your word? I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I would not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. And I rejoice in following your statutes as one who rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your word and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So how many of you really want to be blessed this year? How many of you want to be content this year? Let me see your hands. How many of you want to have a sense of fulfillment in your life? How many of you want to still be standing in 2020? Proverbs tell us that we are to store up God's word in our heart. We're to love it with all our heart. So we need to decide today that we're not going to walk in the counsel 
of the ungodly. So kind of weigh it out. How much are you taking in? How much counsel are you taking in when it comes to God's word on a daily basis? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Frankly, I want to tell you today, you're never going to make it unless you make a commitment to reading God's word on a daily basis, hiding it in your heart. David says, the, the blessed man delights in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. Some of us, we don't ever read the word, and we're wondering why we're so confused about certain things in our life. We're wondering why we're so, so filled with fear in our life. We're wondering why we're, we're depressed. We're wondering why we can't figure out things that are coming our way. We can't see them. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that if a man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And how do we ask of God? We ask of God by reading and understanding, meditating on his word, learning his word. You cannot be a blessed person without having a love for God's word. But notice the progression. David says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of the sinner. Notice the progression. The progression of walking. When you're walking, you're moving. But notice standing means that you've taken a new position. You've stopped walking by Dunkin' Donuts. Now you're inside Dunkin' Donuts. Listen, if you're on a diet, don't install a refrigerator in your bedroom. Come on, somebody. Oh, some Christians, they have a hard time with temptation, but they're too close to temptation, right? And it's not just walking by now, but now we're hanging out with, we're standing with, we're yoked together with sinners, people that don't love God, people that don't know God. And the reason why we're making mistakes in our life is because we're not only taking the counsel of those that are sinners, but now we're standing in the way. In other words, we've made a new position. The position is I'm not just walking by now, but I've stopped. Now that word to stand in the Hebrew means to stop and to be firm. From merely walking in their counsel, one becomes more confirmed in the way of the wicked, more involved and influenced by them. It actually connotes movement towards the formation of habits and patterns in their life. Notice what Paul says, don't be conformed to the what? The patterns of this world. Friend, I want you to know it's hard to soar like an eagle when you hang around turkeys. And the truth of the matter is that some of us, we're friends with the world. Now, I understand we need to love people that are lost from God. But there's some young people in this room that all you hang out with is non-Christians. Friends, I've been telling you for a long time that you need to get into the youth group. Well, I don't want to go to the youth group. I don't know anybody. You better get to know people in the youth group. See, when I was 17 years old, I was a mess. I was, I was double-minded. I was doing things that I shouldn't do. You know why? Because I wasn't planted. I wasn't planted in a youth ministry. I wasn't planted in a community. Let's talk about planted. The Bible says that the blessed man is planted. He's a tree planted by the streams of water. 
And I don't care how you feel. I don't care that you don't feel loved. In the youth. You, you make sure you go, and you make sure that you get planted in it. You start to change even the environment of it. Hey, listen, uh, I needed fellowship. You need fellowship. When I was 19 years old, I gave my heart to the Lord, and I decided it doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter who's not there. I'm going to be in the fellowship of believers. I'm going to stand with people. I'm going to have friends that love the Lord. I'm going to have friends that are filled with faith. I'm going to have friends that love God with all their heart. I'm going to have friends that even when they're struggling, we know where to go. We know where to go to God. I'm going to have friends that have good counsel, and I got myself in a good community. And friends, that was all the difference in my life, is community coming together. I know some of you, you come to church once a week, and you think once a week is enough. You can't just come to church once a week. You've got to be in a small group. You've got to go, go to Grow University. You've got to be a part of a community. You've got to be standing with people that are standing for God. Because if you're not standing with people that are standing for God, one day you're going to fall. Come on, somebody say amen. You know what I'm talking about. If you can't say amen, say ouch. The word path in the Hebrew means a way, a course of action, a journey, a manner, or work. It refers to one's conduct, behavior, and patterns, habits, and responses. I'm just going to tell you right now that if you really want to love God, and you want to be a champion, you want to be a winner, find some champions and hang around with them. You want to love God with all your heart, find some people that love God with all their heart. Stop hanging around sinners. Stop hanging around people. Now, I understand, again, I know that we're supposed to reach out to them, but the Bible says friendship with the world is hatred toward God. You should feel uncomfortable. Frankly, I'm going to tell you something. If you don't feel uncomfortable at a bar, there's something wrong with you. If you don't feel uncomfortable as a Christian in places where people are mocking God, there's something wrong with your walk with God. If you don't feel uncomfortable with some stuff that's being shown on TV, there's something wrong with your relationship with God. And we need to find the right people. And there's some people that are dating non-believers. Let me just encourage you. The Bible says, don't be yoked with an unbeliever. You can't be blessed unless you yoke yourself together with people that are going in the same direction that you are going with as a Christian. It's so important. Notice, every position becomes more definite. Walk, stand. I'm reminded of Lot. The Bible says Abraham was blessed, Lot was not. The Bible tells us that Lot saw a good land, and it was the land of Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible says that Lot walked by that land and said, man, I got to live in that land. And the Bible says that Lot and his family went to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. He went from walking past it to going in it and living in that land. And here's the thing that just boggles my mind. It's just crazy, man. The Bible tells us, and on one occasion, the men of that city who were homosexual, and friend, I, I'm going to tell you right now, there are pastors, there are churches that are preaching that homosexuality is no longer a sin. It's acceptable to God. Now, the Bible tells us in Corinthians that no homosexual will inherit the kingdom of God. Just, it's just what the Bible says. God made male and female and God wants male and female, after they get married, to be able to be joined together as one and, and enjoy sex. 
No other relationship outside of a male and a female loving God together is blessed by God. But there are churches today, there are churches, there are pastors today that they're pulling out scriptures and using it and misquoting it and saying that homosexuality was something of the past in the Old Testament, but it's not in the New Testament. Oh, yes, it is. There's no question about it. Paul the Apostle said, you'll not inherit the kingdom of God. And by the way, homosexuality is no worse a sin than gossip. Come on, somebody. Hello. And holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness. I'm just telling you that it is a serious thing when we start twisting the word of God. But I, I, I just can't, I can't even imagine. Lot now is in Sodom and Gomorrah. He's living there. He went from walking by to sitting in that place. The Bible says that Lot went from walking to standing to sitting in the high places, in the place of leadership in that city. And now the Bible says the men of that city who were given the homosexuality, they were actually banging down the door because they wanted to have sex with the men in Lot's house. And think how crazy this is. Lot comes out and says, please don't do this wicked thing. Here's my daughter. Do whatever you want with them. Are you kidding me? If somebody came to my door, they're not getting my daughters. I'll break their legs. Come on, somebody. The craziness of this man that he would give his daughters over to these wicked men to do whatever they want. How does a godly man go from here to there? Well, it's because they start walking in the wrong direction. And when you're walking in the wrong direction, sooner or later, young person, you're going to stop. And unfortunately, the Bible says the progression goes from stopping and standing to sitting in the seat of the scornful. So if you want to be blessed today, you have to make a decision Who's Lord of your life? Is God's word Lord of your life? Or is the counsel of the wicked Lord of your life? But notice what happens. Three don'ts, one do. David said, but if you, as the worship team comes, if you delight yourself in the Lord, if you make the Lord if you make Christ the center of your life and you love his word, you will be like a tree. I love that. You'll be like a tree, not a little plant, not a weed, but you'll be like a tree planted by the streams of water. Jesus tells a parable of a, a farmer who comes and sows seed, the word of God. He said the farmer went out and sowed the word of God, seeds. And some seed fell on hard ground. That hard ground was the person whose heart was so hardened that the Bible says the word of God didn't even go into their heart, into their ground, and the birds of the air came and snatched it away. Look at me, every one of you that are here today, all of those that are in the cafe this morning, the attitude of your heart, the condition of your heart will determine whether or not the word of God will penetrate your heart. So maybe your heart is hardened today. Maybe you've grown cold and indifferent to the word of God in your life. Maybe you've come today because somebody made you come today. But you know that that word is not penetrating your heart. It's not going into your soul. Today is a good day to say, God, soften my heart, God. 
changed my heart. But Jesus said, he went on to say that the farmer went and sowed other seed, and that seed fell on the shallow ground. Listen to me, the shallow ground. There was just a little bit of dirt, and underneath the dirt were rocks, and the Bible says that seed sprout out, immediately sprung up, and, and, and a, little, a little plant grew out of that seed. But because there was no root in that tree, because the roots were not close to the waters, it didn't really turn into a tree. It was just a little plant. And when the sun came out, it scorched the plant, and the plant withered and died. The truth of the matter is, is there's too many baby Christians in the church. And when an adversity comes, when trials come, when persecution comes, the Bible says they dry up and they die. How many of you want to be standing? How many want to be left standing when adversity comes in your life? The blessed woman, the blessed man stands at the end. See, it's not what happens in the beginning. It's what happens at the end. The Bible says that the blessed man is like a tree, that their roots go deep into the ground. You see, when your roots go deep into the ground, your roots actually find water. And that water nourishes your roots, and you become a great big tree that cannot be blown down, cannot be destroyed. But notice what he says. You'll be like a tree planted by the streams of water. And in due season, you will bear fruit. Wow. And what fruit is he talking about? The fruit of joy. How many of you want to have joy in your life? The fruit of peace. The fruit of self-control. The fruit of faith. How many of you want to be great people of faith? You, listen to me. You cannot be blessed without faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to receive from God without faith. And the Bible tells us that if I delight myself in God and in his word, I'll be like a tree planted by the streams of water, and in due season I will bear much fruit. Jesus talks about fruit in John chapter 15. He said, it is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. You know, I was so blessed. You could start playing. It gives them hope that I'm going to end. Go ahead. There you go. I'm going to end now. See, the piano's playing. Jesus tells us that it's to his Father's glory that we bear much fruit. And, and um, yesterday, I was, yesterday morning I was driving to Farmingdale. We were doing a, a training session for over 200 leaders and workers. Because we're believing God for 25 to 30 outreaches this year for Hope Day. And in the last seven years, we have reached and served 75,000 people with the gospel. And I, I just got choked up and I thought to myself, God, you've been so good to me, God. God, you've been so good to me because I could look back at my life and I could truly say that I've been fruitful, that my life's been fruitful, not, not because of, of me, but because of his blessing in my life. Because God has truly, truly blessed me. And it was because I made a decision a long time ago that I was going to give my life to Christ 100%, turn my life over to God, and live for Christ, and love His Word. And there's not a day that I don't feed off of God's Word and, and, and meditate on God's Word. Because I know that God's Word 
changes everything in my life. But you'll be a tree planted by the streams of water and you'll bear fruit. And your, your leaves will not wither, he said. In other words, you won't dry up and die. I'm so thankful that I'm 56 years old. And, and I love God more today than I did when I was 19 years old. I'm much more fruitful today than I was when I was 19 years old. Because I didn't know a whole lot about anything when I was 19 years old. But I'm thankful that I still love Jesus. I love Jesus more today than I've ever loved him before. You don't need to wither. Your, your faith, your love for God doesn't need to, to die down. But your, your faith for God, your love for God should be red hot and on fire. And God wants to take you all the way to the end with this love for God. I look at, I look at people in this room today. I look at Carol, my, my, my mom, my Jamaican mom, Yaman. She loves God with all her heart. She's been through so much in her life. Man, she has a passion for God. I look at the Bukalos and I think my friends, my good friends, they love God more today than they've ever loved God before in their life. You don't have to die down. Your, your love for God doesn't have to grow cold. You could be on fire till the day that you go to see Jesus. But the secret to this is that we love God with all our heart. We love God and we love His Word with all of our heart. And when we do that, we become a tree planted by the string, streams of water so that we bear fruit in due season, so that our, our leaves don't wither. And whatever we do, hallelujah, Joshua prospered. Joseph prospered. Joseph's in prison. You're thinking to himself, is this prospering? But the end of Joseph's life, Job, listen to me. Let me tell you something. Just because you're going through a difficult time right now, just because some of you are going through a fiery trial right now, it doesn't mean you're not blessed by God. The truth is, Joseph went through so much, but in the end, all things work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Joseph was successful, and Joseph prospered in all that he did. How many of you want to be blessed by God today? Stand to your feet. Would you right now stand to your feet? Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Would you raise your hands and say with me, Lord, I want your blessing in my life. Lord, I want your favor in my life. Lord, how I need your grace in my life. Give me a passion, Lord, to love you more than anything else in this life. Give me a passion to love your word, to obey your word, to hunger after your word. You know, the Bible says, blessed is he who hungers and thirsts, happy is he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for they shall be filled. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this place today, you say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain that if I die today, I'd go to heaven. I don't know if I have a relationship with God, and I want the blessing of God in my life. I know that I need God in my life. Pastor Steve, I know that I don't deserve, I don't deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's favor. But today, I'm willing to accept God as my Savior 
and my Lord. With every head bowed, every eye closed, why don't you just, would you, between me and you today, you say, Pastor, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to put him first. Friend, you can't be blessed until God is first in your life. Not second, not third, first in your life. He's your primary source of counsel. He's your primary source of wisdom. He's the one who tells you where to go, and you obey, you listen, even when it hurts, even when it doesn't make sense. Even when God tells you, you know that boy that you're dating? He's not the right boy for you. He doesn't love God like you love God. Then you need to break up with the man, break up with the young boy, go in your room and cry your eyeballs out and say, I miss him, but I'm doing the will of God in my life because I know my ultimate life will be blessed. For the person in this room, you're thinking to yourself, man, I, I just want to get divorced. But you know that divorce is not God's heart. I just want to run away from my wife, run away from my husband. But you know that you can't. You go in your room and cry your eyeballs out and say, yes, Lord, I'll, I'll obey you and I'll serve you no matter, even when it seems like it doesn't make sense because the end will be better than the beginning. For some of you in this room, you're thinking, you know, how do I cheat on this? How do I do this? And God's saying, no, 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 you, you have to be honest. You've got to be a man of integrity. You've got to be a woman of integrity. For some of you in this room, you've been watching things. You know that just, they're just not good, man. You've been watching pornography. You've been watching stuff that's just taking your heart and, and, and pulling it away from, from home, from your wife. And you just know, man, it's an addiction. Get in your bedroom and cry out. Get on your face before God and say, God, deliver me from this thing in my life, Lord. And get the help and counsel from people that will counsel you and keep you accountable. But it starts with, God, you are first in my life. You say, Pastor, I'm not certain that I die today. I go to heaven. And I want Jesus to be first. I want him to be my Savior, my Lord. I want you to raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you right now. Raise your hand right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. In the balcony, God bless you. In first floor, God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the altar counselors to come. And if you raised your hand today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you've already done it and you're raising your hand today, and I see some of you have already asked Christ to come in your life and you've raised your hand again, you need to come to my foundations class on Wednesday night. Because you need to get in a class where you'll learn about the grace of God. Because if you already accepted the Lord, but you're still living in sin, it means you're not really understanding the victory that God wants to give you through His Word. Or maybe you just don't understand that you're saved by grace and not by works. You need to get in my foundations class. But if you need prayer today, if you raised your hand and said, I want Jesus to be the Savior and Lord of my life. And you need prayer today. In a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss everybody, and I'm going to ask you to come forward. And I'm going to ask you to come and let somebody give you information so that you can know how you can begin this journey of faith in your life. For the rest of you that are here today, I want to pray. The pastors want to pray. We want to pray in 2019 that you will be blessed by God. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe you need victory over drugs and alcohol, whatever it is. I believe the Holy Spirit is here today. And I believe we can begin the process of seeing God turn things around in your life. Or maybe you're just saying, you know what, I just want to make a, a new commitment in the beginning of the year. We've been reading through the Psalms. You could catch up. You can start reading with us. But I want to make a fresh new commitment to God in my life. I want Him to be first in my life. I want to get in a community of believers. 
I want to stop walking and standing and sitting in the, in the place of sinners and wicked, wickedness. And I, I want to do what is right. I want you to do something for me today. We're just going to come. I believe the Holy Spirit is here. The last couple of weeks, people have been healed, physically healed. This woman came to church on Wednesday night. She came to our Newcomers Connections uh, reception. And she said, I came to church for the first time last Sunday morning. And Pastor Steve said there were people that were being healed of back problems. She said, instantaneously, somebody prayed for me instantaneously. I was healed from back problems. Somebody came to me after the service and she said, my foot, I, there was something wrong with my foot. And you said that God was healing somebody that had a foot problem. She says, Pastor Steve, my foot is healed in the name of Jesus. Somebody said, I had a wrist problem. My, my wrist was healed. And then God is doing miracles in this place. And he still wants to do miracles. And so if you want to be prayed for today, if you just want the blessing of God, listen to me, I can't bless you, God can. But I can agree with you in prayer today. You say, I want to make God first in my life. I want you to get out of your seat quickly. Come from all over and stand right here. We want to pray for you today. We want to pray God's blessing, richest blessing in your life. You say, yes, I want to be blessed by God today. Just get out of your seat and come right now and stand right here. We want to pray for you today. Anybody that wants to be blessed by God, you just come today. Say, I want to be blessed by God. You just come. We're going to pray for you. Amen. Let's worship the Lord today. And as we leave this place today, maybe you are here today and you need healing in your body. Maybe you need freedom in your life. Whatever it is, you just come as well and we'll pray for you. But let's just, let's just raise our hands, everybody together, and let's just worship the Lord today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. You're so good to us, Lord. Lord, we pray that as we leave today, Father, Lord, that we would make you and your word first in our life, God. Lord, help us to walk in your blessings, oh God. And Lord, for some of us, we've got some decisions that we need to make, Lord. God, as we make the right decisions, Lord, God, we're going to be blessed by God. We thank you for the blessing of God on our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you want prayer today, you just come forward. Don't forget, God has a plan for your life, and it's big. We love you. Have a great day in Jesus.